Welcome to the Modern Creative Podcast. We're all about connecting with other creative entrepreneurs and having real conversations about life, business, and everything in between. Join us as we converse with small business owners and learn their best tips and tricks on how they got to where they are today. We're here to tell you it's absolutely possible to be successful as a modern creative, and we want to help you to go after your own creative dreams. Hey guys, welcome back to the Modern Creative Podcast. So today, Diana and I are actually going to answer your questions. We posted a little poll on Instagram a few days ago, or maybe a few weeks ago, where we asked you what questions you had for us. And so we gathered those up and we're going to tackle them one by one. So the first question that we got is, how do you create so much content for your Instagram, blogs, emails, etc.? Oh man, it's it's tough sometimes to be honest to create a lot of content. Um, but I'm gonna say for me, my tip for you is actually that you can repurpose a lot of these things. So if you were to create like a blog post, for example, um, you could either repurpose the image that you're using in your blog post and put that on Instagram, or you know, say you have a blog post. Then you can hop over on Instagram and create a post announcing that blog post. So that way they're tied together. You're getting people to see your work on Instagram, on your website, and then you don't have to worry about, oh, what do do I post today? Oh, well, you know, you posted a blog over on your website, so why not share that? What about you, Diana? What do you kind of do to manage all the content we have to create? Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me is keeping my eyes open wide open and my ears open so that means that i'm just constantly listening to what people are saying asking questions like i just like to keep tabs on those things so i have a notes in my phone like the notes app in my phone that i write down all of the ideas for blog posts ig posts and and etc um and i'll just kind of go through if i'm ever like i don't really know what to write about i'll go through and and use those um ideas and create a content out of it or for me like because I have such a visual brand um, I obviously need photos all the time like that is a huge component of my content so what I like to do is um, schedule if I ever schedule a photo shoot with someone then I'll basically shoot as much as I can within that one photo shoot so I don't like to take photos every single day. I know that we've talked to, we have had different interviews um, with our podcast and a lot of people have different ways that they do it. For me personally, I'm not someone who enjoys taking photos for fun. I take a lot of photos, don't get me wrong, I do. But for me, I would rather just schedule a photo shoot, do it all in one day and then move on. So that means for me, when we do um, our art photo shoots, um, I kind of make sure that Pat's not going to be around because we use our house to do the photo shoots and it's like all over the place. Like everything is a mess. I use like my shiplap wall. I use my accent wall. That's like a dark charcoal gray color. I use my marble slab. So everything is everywhere, but we all shoot it in one day and I'll like post it throughout. So it makes me feel assured like, okay, I know I'm going to have a post going out. Um, So that's the way I like to create my content and I make sure not to post too many of the same photos in a row. So I'll like, for example, like I had a photo shoot with me and Pat at our house and we did like a pre-kitchen renovation photo shoot um, and I wanted to document how our house looked when we bought it. So we did a photo shoot so I made sure not to post like 
three in a row. You know, I would maybe post one here and then a few weeks later I'll post it there. So I kind of like to like mix those up. Um, so basically batch content creating, I guess you can say. And mm -hmm. I do the same thing with my captions too. Like if I'm feeling inspired, um, then I'll just write a bunch of captions and put it in my, put it in my uh, notes app on my phone. And there's like times when I just don't feel caption inspired and I'll just go back into my library of notes and just copy and paste from there. I think it's great that you mentioned the notes app because I... I do something similar, but I do voice memos to myself. Mm. Like sometimes, like this literally happened to me last week. I was driving to Target and I was like, oh, I want to include that in my free webinar. And so I like voice memoed myself as I was driving to like remind webinar people. And then like I was acting like I was on my webinar so that later on I heard it and I knew to include that like snippet that mm -hmm. I wanted to include. So voice notes too, if you are lazy and don't want to use your fingers and <laughs> use the notes app yeah, is a great thing. But I love, I love your tip about like just always listening because you never know where, where you're going to get an idea or where you're going to get inspired. I frequently also take screenshots of things mm -hmm. and sometimes that helps. Yeah. And organizing them into folders or notes app or whatever it is. So you can whatever go back. Yeah. You. So you can go back and find that content instead of where did I leave that? And then like, forget about it, you know? Yeah. So definitely keep your eyes and ears peeled, take notes or take photos, try to batch things if you can. I agree with Diana. I also do that. And then repurposing is a huge thing. Don't just let something live on your blog and then have no one ever see it. Like, no, then share it on social media too. So the next question we got was, how do you use Instagram to market your art? Um, for me, it's just about sharing. It is sharing your art, sharing maybe behind the scenes of what you're working on or maybe final products as well. Yeah, the final product, like definitely share that too. Do you have any other tips beyond that, Diana? For me, the biggest and the most powerful tool is Instagram stories, um, especially for our live art services. I feel like it's hard to fully know what the service is through just one photo. So when we go on live art um, on site to do live art, we'll just basically take a lot of videos and photos. Um, and then I kind of curate it on an app called Unfold and make it look visually uh, pleasing. And then I post it on my stories. And that way I get to share behind the scenes. I get to share a little bit more of the party, the bride and groom, like all, all the stuff that's going on and how my artwork and how our services ties into the the event. So I, I feel like the biggest way that you can market your art is show people how do you use it? Like how does this artwork that you're selling or whatever the product that you're selling, how does it fit into other people's lifestyle? So give them examples. For example, if you sell a rug, don't just post a photo of a rug, show it with maybe like a comfortable chair and maybe like a dog sitting on the rug, like whatever it may be. It just makes people feel more relatable to the content that you're posting. So if you can in any way, whether that is through captions or stories or IG live, Instagram is a huge tool for you to market yourself as well as your artwork or whatever you're selling. So definitely take advantage of all the things that are in Instagram. I would also say don't forget to involve your followers. So tangent, we've said it before. I'm also going to say it again. The number of followers is not something you should focus on. You should focus on engagement and how people are, you know, 
engaging with you obviously duh joyce that's what engagement means but in order to get them to engage and maybe to be more interested in what you're sharing on your stories or your posts like invite them hey direct message me or jump on your stories and you know if you guys follow diana like you see how she's like if you have questions like direct message me and she might like share some of those answers or some of those questions so invite your audience like into the mix and they're gonna feel more connected to you and when that happens they're they're gonna want to do business with you later on when the time comes when they need your service or your product love it all right so we got another question asking tips on rebranding your business i'm actually going through a rebrand right now um depending on when this airs i might already not be right pretty things but my (laughs) (laughs) let's see when this is scheduled because Diana and I are big on batching. So, hey, we're not recording this the same week it comes out. Um, But for me, I have, there's things with rebranding. It's like you can do a complete like facelift when it comes to your assets, but keep the same name. Or you could just completely change everything. I'm going completely changing everything. Um, My biggest tip is to really make sure that you're rebranding for a reason like it can't just be because oh i don't like that color i don't like that font like you can still change obviously maybe down the line but is it cause for like a huge rebrand right now i'm completely changing business directions or i have with me having you know a business coaching business and so the name right pretty things which was for calligraphy didn't really fit anymore and so that's the reason for my rebrand and it means a whole new domain a whole new website um whole new everything and i hired someone for that i hired someone to build my new squarespace website as well as work on my brand my mood boards my my coloring uh, my copy even so that's like a it's a really huge endeavor but it's needed because I no longer fit in just this like calligraphy box. So my tips would be like, really know why you want to do it. And if it is time, uh, because you don't want to be rebranding like every year, or changing things every year. Um, and then, I mean, you can go the DIY route for sure. And I think that platforms like Squarespace make it so easy to like adjust your website and whatnot, right? And you could even, my very first logo was from a shop on Etsy that I pay like $25 for. So you can go that route too. I went a more custom route because I I just frankly, it was out of my element. And if you're feeling like that, it doesn't hurt to hire an expert. Obviously, they they're experts, they know what they're doing, and so they can walk you through that brand and really get that look and feel that you're going for, but also help you develop a brand that is going to really speak to your target audience. Mm. That is that is huge, and that's what you can really figure out um, with a branding expert. So I'm, I'm all about hiring that out, if you can. I love that. I think everything you said was, like, perfect. I think definitely... Think about who you're branding to, who you're catering to. So definitely think about that. We are actually going to have another episode on how to find your ideal clients and stuff like that. So that will kind of tie into what we're going to say about branding. Uh, For me, I'm not doing a whole rebrand, but I am doing a facelift, just like Joyce was saying, and I'm going the DIY route. So I'm glad that Joyce and I are kind of sharing the different perspectives of branding or rebranding. Um, because my business is, it's, it's more like a cleanup that I'm doing with my website. I don't feel the need to change anything dramatically, but, um, I think that when I look at what I have currently on my website versus what I have currently on my Instagram, it's not 
it's not aligning. And I'm just going to be super honest, like my Instagram is way more updated than my website. And that's not good. So I'm going to work on that this year. Um, on getting a facelift, making it look good, and then um, also updating the copy so it's a little bit more clear on what we stand for, what we provide, and things like that. So it, it really is up to you depending on what you need in your business and what season you're in, whether it's a facelift or a brand new design or name. Think about what you need and go from there. For sure. It's very exciting though, either way. Facelifts are great. It is. Um, Let's see. Oh, this one is perfect for you, Diana. We got a question. How do you pitch to companies to do live art or lettering around the holidays? So do you want to, I've done work corporate workshops and I'm sure you have too, but you want to talk about live art first and how you kind of got, not got started, but like, how do you get new leads for your live art? That is a great question. (laughs) Okay. So I am going to be super honest and upfront that I actually don't really pitch my services to others anymore. We do get a lot of inquiries organically. And that is not to say that I didn't pitch or hustle for it before. So I would say definitely reach out to people, like literally walk in to the store, talk to the manager. I did walk into West Elm and ask for the contact for their events department. Um, I've talked to PR companies and said, hey, if you have any events, like let me know. Um, I mean whatever way you can get your name out. And another thing that I think creates organic traffic is networking, right? I roll, you're like, oh my gosh, networking events are so terrifying. And it's just think of it as everyone is uncomfortable. So just throw that out the window and just be yourself and meet people because these people, like you, you can't grow without people and you need people at the end of the day so if you can go to an event where you get to meet all these people who can get you these opportunities that you're dreaming about then just do it (laughs) you know so for me um i wouldn't say it's more i wouldn't say it's a pitching sort of speak but it is creating relationships and opportunities so that i could get events that i don't know that i guess that i'm wanting to do so does, does it make sense? No, that makes sense. And I love that you said, you know, just go in because I, so I have a few coaching clients and they, you know, in 2018 wanted to try their hand at hosting events at stores. Um, and I was like, write out your list of stores and you're going to go to these stores and you're going to talk to the managers. And then, so this is between a, a few different clients, but, um, you know, they had pop-ups at, or they, they either had pop-ups or they did calligraphy services or illustration services at J. Crew, at Nordstrom, at Patagonia, at Madewell. And that was from my clients, from me basically making them go in. <laughs> so yeah. you have to you have to go in. And then then they end up liking it, right? They I didn't make them. They wanted to. And I was like, all right, mm-hmm. this is how you do it. And so For they sure. did it, and that's how it happened. Um, kind of a a practical I don't know maybe practical is not the word but um, something to keep in mind too is your SEO so SEO stands for search engine optimization basically what Google will skim from your website and then what shows up in the search results right so when I had my first corporate workshop they found me through the the studio I was teaching at but after I taught with them I didn't really pitch corporate workshops anymore because I put um within my website within write pretty things like 
as a service that I did corporate workshops. And if you would search like corporate workshop or calligraphy corporate event or something like San Francisco, I pop up, I pop up like on the first page. And so once you get like your first one down, don't forget to update your website with these brands that you're working with, you know, either directly or indirectly, because sometimes like when you work for Nordstrom, for example, or on the case of my client, Nordstrom hires an event company and that event company then hires the calligrapher. But she could still say she was at Nordstrom. She still has the photos of her working at Nordstrom, right? So for me, I did I did something for Google. I did, like did one of Google's holiday parties. Surprisingly, engineers like arts and crafts. <laughs> Maybe not surprisingly, but I got that through the studio that I was teaching at at the time. So I said I was I, I did Google's holiday event. I taught at their holiday event, which was completely true, but it didn't come direct from Google. But when you start working with these brands and these companies, put it on your website and then adjust your SEO to be like live events, live art events, live calligraphy, corporate calligraphy. Put these words on your website and then you will start to show up in Google when people are looking for these things in your area. Definitely. I also think that live art events are so powerful because on Instagram, like people can get to know you digitally, but at live events, people are seeing your work and your services like live as they're happening. So people are more likely to refer something that they are seeing in front of their eyes, like like more likely. So I think once you get your clients and you have some events, like it just keeps spreading. And it's just easier, in my opinion, to get your word out when you your face is just like out there. You're not your totally. face, but like your services. Totally. You're so right about it spreading because then it goes like for me, it was like, okay, I did like, you know, I'm in San Francisco, so I did a tech company. And then from that came like Cliff Bar and then Google, and then it just kept going. Mm-hmm. So I swear you just get that first one, guys, and then it will just spread. Yep. You will get more jobs. Love you just it. have to share on your website <laughs> and social media that you were there. Um, and the last question that we got was, if we had any tips on bookkeeping, tax filings, and hiring a CPA. So disclaimer, Diana and I are not uh, CPAs nope. at all. Last um, thing I would do on earth. Yeah. Sorry, like, no offense like, shout out. <laughs> we're going to have, so we're going to invite a CPA onto the show and we're going to talk about this stuff more in depth, but we did want to address this question because we did get it as a QA. and a um, Really just really quick, like you can do bookkeeping on your own or you can hire a bookkeeper. Diana and I were like opposite ends of the spectrum. She has a bookkeeper. I do QuickBooks, but I have a CPA that files my taxes. Um, This is all super like personal because it's also going to be like dependent on your state. It's going to be dependent if you're married, if you file, like what your, if you file like married or single or whatever, if you, you know, whatever your business standing is, are you a solo, what is it? Solo, not solo entrepreneur. When you're just Um, like a DBA. Yeah. When you're a sole proprietor, are you an LLC? So all of these things are personal and it's going to differ. So we can't really give you any more advice minus talk to a CPA. (laughs) I would say just talk to someone who is doing similar stuff like you. That's what I did. I talked to my friends who are photographers and while they're not calligraphers or artists they're photographers and i was like you guys you know don't have the typical nine to five jobs so how do you guys do it and then they referred me to my cpa and i referred my cpa to my videographer friends mm-hmm, and my mm-hmm. florist friends and now he's always like 
you guys got me so many like creative entrepreneur clients and yeah so that's how I met my CPA and he kills it I'm so thankful for him so yeah definitely like ask your friends like Diane said for recommendations we don't share a CPA Diana and I so there's many out there that your local guy or one that you might find that is on Instagram or something that is specifically for creatives and so just reach out to them and see what services they offer and how much they cost like yeah it's really personal taxes i'm sighing really big (laughs) (laughs) oh man taxes but we are going to have a cpa who does work with creatives on the show soon just to talk about general things so definitely stay tuned for that but yeah i'm sorry that that one's a tough one guys like cpa things and like money management all of that stuff is so personal it's like Or even attorneys. It's like, no, go talk to your attorney. Go talk to your CPA. We can't give you Mm -hmm. advice on that. But at least we could tell you that, uh, you know, there are two ways to do bookkeeping, yourself or (laughs) outsource it and definitely hire a CPA. Yeah, definitely hire a CPA. That's that's how we'll end this note. (laughs) Hire a CPA. (laughs) Or I'm just going to keep sighing like, oh, CPA, oh, taxes. Um, But yeah, I'm, I'm glad someone asked that because... That means there's more than one of you thinking that and our upcoming episode with a CPA is going to be really fun. Fun? It'll be fun. It'll be informative. Mm -hmm. We'll go with informative and fun. We'll make it fun. All right, guys. So those are all the questions that we got. Thank you so much for submitting them. And even if, you know, we don't say, hey, we're having a Q&A, like give us all your questions. And it's like an in-between time. Definitely shoot them our way anyway because we do gather these questions and we do save them up for q a episodes or sometimes we end up making a whole episode just based on the question that you ask so we'd love to hear more of like what your questions are when it comes to owning a creative business keep sending all the questions our way we are so happy to answer and until next time as always thank you for listening 